Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, Chloe Boland, an up-and-coming cartographer, joins me. She helped me make a proper dungeon for an improper project. Something about a map helps anchor our work. Feel free to throw a few coppers into my Patreon hat. While I would say it goes to pay for the low, low cost of the show, it really goes to support other people on that platform. Oh well. Time to get this show on the road, sisters and brothers. It is time to get rambling. Hello, Chloe. Hey there. How you doing? I am doing quite well. How are things uh, in England? They're good, actually. Yeah, not too cold. And I managed to make plenty of time to draw maps today. So that makes it a good Sunday. <laughs> it's a win-win. Yeah, win-win-win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, I think we're going to... I was planning on meeting a while back. I was planning on having a Kickstarter yeah. in July, and it got pushed back. I was in, in Northern Ireland, and that was that was quite an experience. Oh, wow. I've never actually been to Ireland or, or Northern Ireland. Um, it's on my list of places to go. Beautiful country there, I'm told. Oh, yes, it is. In fact... I was uh, I was riding in a bus. We were in um, we were in um, in um, Newcastle, and and uh, we're coming. This this gal, she's uh, she works for a uh, what do you call them? It's a bookie. What do you call it? Uh, uh, that book a book book um, a book. Well, that was a bookie. But anyway, going through the countryside is very beautiful, and you know the cows and the rolling hills and. And in where your country, well, your country, but where uh, Ireland in Northern Ireland is different is that I think it's because it's so old. There's like there's hedgerow boundary lines uh, for fields, and so there's this this pattern of these long rectangles. Yeah, stunning. The the <laughs> patchwork with the hedgerows and and so much wildlife in them. And actually, thinking about it, I've never done a map that's included hedgerow divided countryside and i'm definitely doing that now you've mentioned it that is genius well that'll look great right that'll evoke the hobbit and home counties and yeah i, I think that's a i think that's a a great bit of inspiration there well the thing i also realized is we were in we stayed in belfast we we're there for seven weeks we stayed in belfast uh and it it you know, so where i where i live it's um it's um it's on the plains, mm. so it's it's so we have space, so everything's on a grid. Mm -hmm. But in Belfast, it's like that makes no sense. <laughs> but when you look at the map, I think what happened is it grew out of boundaries of farms. I'm wondering. Uh, actually, I I think you're exactly exactly correct on that because if because um a lot of time I spend a lot of time looking at old maps. I spent a lot of time trying to draw inspiration from historic maps. And so when you look at a map of somewhere like Belfast, or I've looked a lot more at somewhere like London, depending how far back you go, you've obviously got a different view of the city developing. And exactly what you describe, you know, you don't have to go back that far. And just south of the Thames um, is, is a farming village. Like, you know, London Bridge, a couple of houses, yeah. farms. And, and all of the streets and centres and names, um, you know, uh, originate from the farms and villages that that eventually became the bigger urban center. Whereas in in America, they planned them. So so I, I drew a map for 1920s New York, and it was really interesting going back and seeing how at the start of the 20s, you know, they had marked out all of the blocks. They have exact records of of all of the um, 
you know, of the grids where they were filling in city blocks, but a lot, a lot of them were only partially built on. It's like they planned it out, knowing that it was going to expand right. in the time frame of of five, ten, twenty, thirty years, um, fifty years. Whereas London grew without planning, <laughs> organically <laughs> over a thousand years, and yeah. Yeah, well, it's, I it's, think the, the city planning, at least to that degree, right, I think is more modern because I think Chicago benefited from the fire. Yeah. Because they were able to rebuild. And when they would say rebuilt, they they modernized the structures and how they, they built. That's interesting. I haven't I haven't I haven't read about that. That is interesting. But it's super fun when I'm drawing a fantasy map for someone to think about this and try and put some of that history into it and think, oh, we had a village here. I, I did a fantasy version of um or a, a kind of uh darker version of somewhere that was a bit like um boston and that had the grid structure but it was also interesting to try and imagine that well maybe there was a farming village here and the grid's going to be disrupted at this point and you know breaking it up a bit it's so, fun to think about these things so is it and i'm not done i know people i think have lived i leave in boston but is more the city center is it get to be more bizarre with the the connection of streets and it becomes more planned as it goes out? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I did. It was inspired. Yeah. It wasn't Boston. It was Boston-like. It had a new name, uh, T- Titan City, but it was, um, oh, okay. you know, it, it was like, in, in the same way as, um, I don't know, DC Comics have caricatures of various cities, it, it's quite obvious that, you know, inspiration that someone like Gotham City is taken from. It, it, this was like that. The brief was, Okay, we're starting with Boston. That's pretty cool. I like Boston. But we're going to do it differently, have a different geography and a different history and, you know, perhaps um, a different layout, but it still wants the same kind of zones. So, yeah, the old unplanned city centre right at the heart that grew and then various sections of of the city that grew out at different times and have different, I, I guess, texture to them. Fun, fun. It's so much fun to think about this stuff. Uh, and, and it's what makes the map interesting, like deeper without people realizing it. So what we have is we're on the on a plane and um, there's also a river valley. And so for Peoria and also like East Peoria, the, the upper city is on the the uh, you know, is on the on the plane. But when you go down to actually the floodplain uh, where it starts hitting the river, roads start getting all jacked up because you no longer fall mm-hmm. at north, south, east, west. And when we were in um, across the, the river from Ohio or Cincinnati, it's like the, the roads were so jumbled. Like, mm. I'm, I'm assuming it's more like London where it's just like, you know, you get odd number of streets intersecting and it's just like <laughs> you're expecting a road, but it's an alley, but the alley's a road and you, you turn like five lefts to get where you think is to go right. It's just like, yeah, just... no, absolutely fascinating. And of course, London was cleared out in a giant fire, and it still ended up like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where it goes. Yeah, I think why I've um, you know, on Twitter, I saw that you were uh, this is I think a little while back. It was I can't remember when we. I guess it was earlier this year, wasn't it? When you we did. The yeah, it's like I think uh, early right at the start of the year. So you were doing these, uh, it was like very detailed um, complexes, I think, for like a cyberpunk or... Uh, oh, yeah, I can, 
I can talk about who that's for now. That's for Freddie Prince Jr., the actor. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I know. So before I was like, oh, I'm doing it for this client. I can't say who. And <laughs> But it's uh, he replied to one of my tweets and said, yeah, they're for me. Um, um, it, it's super cool working with him. He he runs a cyberpunk-like um, fusion of road racing and uh, augmented kind of cyberpunk people uh, game with some friends. And, uh, you know, he, he may want to do something with it commercially at some point, but uh, he wanted some, you know, really detailed maps of a corporate building for infiltration missions and uh, a, a nightclub. And they were so much fun to do. And I've worked in corporate buildings in London. So I knew how to, I, I started with a vision of um, a very famous building in London. It's called the Gherkin. It's that kind of oval shaped one that you see in all kind of city center London footage of, of big business. And, and the thing that inspired me about that is it had the lifts in the center in a circle. So I started my design like that, but went for something that was more of a kind of cone shaped. And he loved it. And I know he, you know, he sent me photos of of the maps printed out massive for his gaming table. <laughs> and, and you know, it's pretty cool, right? As like uh, it's, it's not, pretty it's cool. It's not abstract. You just didn't do something that sits on his hard drive. You actually no, no, I know he's used it. And um, you know, um maybe we'll do some more in the future, maybe not. I don't know. But um uh yeah, that was pretty that was pretty cool. Pretty and I not just because I was doing it with him, that's awesome too, but it was a really interesting brief and he was game for me going for a you know this blueprint style i i i i tried out because i wanted to do something that was still hand drawn but but also looked futuristic um and yeah i'm very very pleased with those maps um uh at some point i need to get my hat together at some point i need to use them myself to run a game i i thought it'd be quite fun to run a a kind of diehard like game in the skyscraper kind of set the players loose i don't know what system and say okay it's like um you know there was it nakatomi or whatever i can't remember the name of the building in diehard but yeah you know basically set a small group of players (laughs) make them roll up i don't know business characters and accountant uh, (laughs) oh yes you know and they'd say okay now terrorists have taken over the building what are you gonna do (laughs) because because this map's got you know elevator shafts and access tunnels and you know places for you to hide and improvise attacks on guards and you know then maybe you can write ho 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 i found a machine gun on the lift (laughs) yeah in fact i should do it for christmas have i got time to set that up yeah i should run that game for christmas that'd be awesome (laughs) (laughs) the best christmas movie it's it's kind of funny because uh, in a lot of ways games have kind of gone away from that level of of uh detail yeah i like that though i like i i like running a game where the details down there and you're not i mean it's nice to make up a lot of it i think freeform is awesome but it's like if you've got a really deep map which takes time to pull together even if you haven't drawn it um you do have that i don't know emergent um uh gameplay and opportunity when the players discover that perhaps if they smash through this wall, it's going to take them into the boardroom, which will allow them to get a drop on the, the terrorists. You're unlikely to think that up as something, you know, they'll they'll use the map to solve um, problems. So I, yeah, for those kind of dungeon calls as well, I really do like a detailed map. Well, I found, because I don't play much D&D, uh, but when I did... Uh, somebody revealed that we were in a uh, in an inn, it was in the upper story, but 
seeing all the furniture, you know, like inspired ideas or thinking, or if it was just, you know, like I would tend to do just draw a rectangle and say, <laughs> you know, well, I think there's, there is definitely advantage to having those details on a map. I, I, yeah. Although I, I mean, actually I love to draw maps and, and it is fun. I don't think you need anything more than rectangles. I, it, de and it depends. I think, I don't think you need, but I mean, I can tell where one, you're giving up one thing for another, but there is inspiration in details, I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, there is. And and sometimes the innocent details then become something, uh, you know, that that enriches the story in ways you couldn't possibly have planned. But I mean, you know, the players will never, you never expect what they're going to do and they will try and burn or blow up something. And if you've got detail that might tell you that that's a really flammable room. Um, a kind of cool conversation we got into with these maps for for Freddie was um, he had this kind of computer core, uh, you know, research area where only the secure lifts would go to. So we had this concept, you had to go in through kind of the exec entrance to get there, or you had to, if you came in another way, you'd have to swap over. But I, I thought, well, what's a, what's a kind of cyberpunk research computer? And I, and I thought, oh, you know, there's these quantum computers. They already look quite incredible. So I'll start there and they need um, cryogenic coolant. So you've got all these coolant tanks around the layout of this computer core map. And then, you know, then we're thinking, well, what happens if there's a firefight and these things are punctured? And you look it up and it's awesome. You're going to have this extraordinary emergent situation where everyone's going to be suffocating as hydrogen yeah, evaporates. <laughs> and, you know, like without placing those things innocently on the map to call the computer that might be the main target for the um, infiltration, you haven't got that wonderful situation where a few stray bullets or a couple of clever, deliberate players shot then drown out everyone apart from the robots that have sensibly been left there to guard. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's what the detail brings you. Well, you know, I, I work well. Uh, I work for um, a major corporation, um, and we have to take safety videos. Even though I'm not involved, one is called uh, on on. Uh, it's for um, um, I came up for contained spaces. Mm. So, and they're very dangerous. Like any sort of like area where you don't have an exit and there's also um gases a lot of times tend to be heavier than air like mm. ability to like die is like pretty high if you're if you're in a certain situation it's it's not a, that uncommon but you're right it's just you see on the map it's just like there's all sorts of opportunities and that stuff is deadly so you could make yeah, really deadly stuff it, it, and, and yeah and and that's fun because players may think of that or they may not have thought of that it may be an entertaining surprise when they realize they haven't got any air in the building so. <laughs> <laughs> adds to the drama it's good i like it so yeah actually thinking about it i really want to run that game um i want to yeah die hard start game in a cyber futuristic cyberpunk style um building in los angeles cool uh, it's gonna happen so what sort of game system do you normally run do uh, you know i haven't touched anything other than D, &D. I, I, for a while i uh, i used to play a lot a long time ago at university which was a long time ago um and then i stopped i completely i got out of it got into other things and it was only really just before lockdown i got back into a game with um sort of six months before lockdown with some some of my old friends from you know uh when i was growing up and so yeah i've been playing and D and running i ran a couple of games but uh, we used to play i used to love call of cthulhu um i used to love gerps i know that's out of fashion at the moment but i liked the detail of gerps yeah 
Um, uh, we did play a bit of cyberpunk. Um, uh, yeah, but it's it's a lot of it's been D and D, and at the moment that's all that's 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 going on right now. But we can do better than D and D for um, for the diehard game I want to run. <laughs> you have GURPS. <laughs> I still have GURPS. I, I I have yeah. I don't know. I think I might have gone off it a little bit. I was looking through the rules. They are really detailed. Yes, they are. <laughs> Combat looks like it might be a bit of a chore. I think, yeah. I don't know. I think back in the day, Dungeons and Dragons was so abstract and frustrating. I think what they've done in fifth edition, I think really has taken off the problems I had with it to a point where I'm less attracted to other systems um, so aggressively. Whereas, yeah, I, I, GURPS was, I mean, we used GURPS for a lot of uh, science fiction games, like kind of hard sci-fi. Right. A bit, a bit like, um, yeah, The Expanse, but, you know, a few years ago before they thought of that. And yeah, it was good for that. Really good for that. Oh, yeah. it's I played the, the sister or cousin, uh, the, the hero system. So uh, uh, kind of adjacent. That looks good. Yeah, but it's 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 still it's still a, I won't call, I won't call it a variation of GURPS, but it's a it's that same path, maybe even a little bit more convoluted. So, uh, it's uh yeah, I mean maybe maybe someone's already done it. It's almost like it's a happy medium between GURPS over complexity, and and yeah, well the so the people that do the expanse, um, they have a modern age RPG, and I think that yeah. kind of uh, that might be a good one. Not not tried it. Um, I like the look of the expanse, though. Um, I'm a, I, I love the books and TV series, so I'd love to do some maps. If anyone from the expanse is listening, <laughs> do your spaceships. Yeah. So, are you doing this? Uh, are you doing this part time, full time? Moment, it's just part time. I keep toying with the idea. I I think I could have enough clients to go full-time but do i want to take it from big hobby to everything i don't know it's a big jump so at the moment it's yeah i have a commute to work on a train and i draw maps on the train <laughs> it's good like on my ipad because i do it all on the ipad because oh that is that does work really well then yeah it's fantastic i have an hour journey on the train in which i would probably fall asleep or I read books, which is cool. Um, and instead, I'm much to the confusion of whoever's sitting next to me drawing maps. And that can be quite confusing because sometimes I'm looking at pictures of skulls and, you know, like, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that some of my clients want me to draw some truly disgusting things, mentioning no names. Um, <laughs> cabins of poo. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, occasionally you have to look up reference source material and, and skulls and bones i've got i've got loads of pictures i found of skulls and bones because I, I can't remember what i don't know an elephant skull looks like unless i look it up so yes uh, speaking of mounds of poo <laughs> i yeah the, the, this whole this whole this whole fame of the fly god was just a it yeah i don't i don't know i just it just I don't know what the deal is with it. No, I mean, I, you shouldn't have to defend it. I have to say that I was thinking of doing a, a a post about my kind of top weirdest requests from clients, and I think you'd be, I think you might be in a number one. <laughs> feel free, feel free. 
Because <laughs> the whole thing was done with the idea of let's just see how far I can go and how far I can. I love it. Yes. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think players will love it. I think there's so much to, you know, especially if you give them this kind of disgusting fly maggot poo-ridden scenario yes. and describe it, just deadpan. They're just going to, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, could it, you could run it as real horror. You could run it as disgusting comedy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's got. Yeah, I think that's just it. It's in, and really the, I can't remember. So did you, what did you, did you, what did you see from, from the, the thing? What I came around. Did I give you the whole PDF of it or did I you, give you? You did. And, I, and I, I skimmed a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I couldn't expect you to read all that. No. And, and, and that's fine. Cause you know, I got a good briefing from, from, from you on the rest of it, but it, it was quite cool. Cause there was other themes of dead, wasn't there? You know, there's the, the tombs and the, uh, in the hillside and, you know, which are quite evocative of kind of primitive societies burial rights i like it yeah it's good yes. there's a lot in there it's good stuff <laughs> glad you enjoyed it i it it uh i think seeing some of the stuff you done i thought you'd be a, a perfect person to do that so what you know you went with two directions as far as the the cross section as well as the the uh overhead view yeah it's fun to do the cross section i think i think that that also it speaks to to play although it's hard because we had a lot of movement forwards and backwards in the plane to kind of jumble around and fit in a cross section. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, so, so what, what was, why do you think that was harder? What was, was the difficulty? Um, I think we had a, like, we, we had some things like, for instance, we had some rooms um, that when you looked at them from above, you know, there was a central circular chamber and then lots of rooms coming off it. Well, that doesn't, that's hard to communicate in a cross section. Oh uh, right, it's, yeah, right. Because so it's almost like you need both views, but you don't. You want both maps to stand on their own because nobody's going to cross their eyes and try and look at both views. <laughs> so you know you have to think, oh well, maybe we have some steps down to some of the rooms to give off that that vision of a central chamber, and and then entrances into a cross section, you know, up and down. It, it's kind of hard to imagine how the stairs would go. So, um, but I think it worked. Um, oh, I think so too. I think um, another thing is, is it's quite apparent because I I realized when I before I contacted you, I started to try trying to just draw a map out of my head, and it just wouldn't work. So it, it's easy to look at a map and say, yeah, anybody could do that, but when you actually try and do a map that works, it's really not easy. Yeah, and I mean the the process of taking what's in the creators the clients head and and figuring out what it looks like on paper i am discovering it's harder than you think <laughs> some of the time like we we i think we had a, a rhythm and figured out the layout a few iterations we got there quite quickly but i'm discovering that you know some clients and i are on completely different planes and that's not a criticism that's just we're thinking in different ways and so it can be quite hard to work that out um, and so, yeah, getting on, I'm, I'm, as I was, I think I was saying earlier, getting on Zoom, drawing things together. Um, I've just been drawing, you know, on a, because there's an application uh, within the, the drawing application, Procreate, you can draw on 3D surfaces. So drawing on a globe in order to map out very large continents, because 
you know, the globe isn't flat and I've got to project it later, but just to figure out the geography, um, I'm, trying, I'm learning and figuring out techniques like that to more quickly get to what's in the client's head. Because of course the most destructive thing is to draw the wrong thing and then yes. have to redo it. Um, right, it's, it's, it make, nobody's happy about that. No, no, it's so destroying. And you're like, I love this, look what I've done. No. <laughs> Yeah, and I think what I think what happens is as we get more experienced, you know, we well, I shouldn't say. I mean, ideal is you get as we encounter these things, we think about how did we get here and how to mitigate it in the future. Yeah, and and I think there's an element of fail fast to 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 to, to succeeding here in in you know sort of getting rough sketches, but it's still sometimes the vision and the problems of the map aren't apparent to the client until, um, you know, until they've, they've seen a more full version, sometimes even right into color. And then they realize, oh, I hadn't realized that part of the city was going to be so big. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> what can we do about it? Well, maybe we can move this section or maybe we can change that into a castle and then that deeper, you know, it, it's, yeah, that, yeah, that's a challenge. Right well, but I think, you know, what I've realized is, you know, if you've not, if like myself, who would be hiring freelancers, I am not necessarily used to communicating uh, to, uh, uh, to the freelancer. And so, you know, you want to give a right amount of information. You want to give enough clarity because it seems very clear in your head, but you also don't want to over give either because that can create its own set of problems yeah yeah that's true if you have too many constraints or things you've got to fit in that can be difficult it, it, it's a balance um and it's something i think i'm getting better at um uh for sure and sometimes it just works i i drew um, a black and white map of a city uh, with a lot of detail on these levels um for a client who wanted it for her game that she was going to run and it was almost like just by like every time I said, oh, what do you think about this? And showed her a sketch. It was perfect every time. And I, I don't think she was just saying that. I think it was just luck that we we were had the same I think image in our head. I think what happens is there's also times where a person doesn't know exactly what they want. Yeah. And then you provide it and they're like, now that's what I I mean, they. There's some people who probably tell you what they want, but maybe what they're telling you what you want isn't really what they want. No, absolutely. And that's <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's part of the service, I think. I think that's part of what, what I need uh, to, you know, realize I'm doing. It's not just the drawing. It's understanding maps and geography and town centers and continental movement and mountains and helping them figure out what's going to look right. Because I, I had a situation, uh, the person remained nameless, nobody knows who it is, and you're not even the person. But uh, so what I'm looking for, um, for my, I'm doing a sci-fi zine, is I wanted, I asked for, what I want to do is have articles on specific topics of planet planetology. And so if you go to Traveler, it talks about um, a world being, say, having tainted or thin air. Mm. So what does tainted or thin air? What what does that mean for people living there? What does it mean for plants? What does it mean for things survive? What does it mean for equipment? You know, what what does that have? I asked for that. And then I gave him something else. And he just went off on this wild direction. 
wrote it in one night. Well, no. Was not what I wanted. He got <sighs> upset. I'm like, I also sent him links to the writer's guide, which he didn't read. And then he started reading through those and was making all sorts of just weird. I don't know. It was just the weirdest thing. And then he was talking about a kill fee. And I'm like, you, you didn't provide anything. I finally said, you know, he's like, kill fee, and maybe we'll figure something out somewhere down the road. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay a kill fee only because I want this behind me, not because I feel I owe it. Well, and, I mean, and, and <laughs> it's not to blame any individual. Um, right. if, if you're not gelling, actually, you are better off moving because, you know, you need to find someone that you gel with that, that gets you on both sides so yeah i kind of get that well um, it felt like he was giving me what he wanted to give me and there was never a look at what i asked for so instead of me getting an arc on tainted in uh, thin atmospheres i got a a overview of our solar system <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and you know maybe there's someone else that he could work for that doesn't know what they want and just want someone to create things for them and right needs, I'm not, you know but what i and, realize and, though is what i should have done and i don't feel that answer at fault but going back to how do you mitigate this yeah is next time i have somebody do it, it's not part of the, the community i'll say you provide me an outline before you do the writing yep 100 percent. that would have fixed that you know it, it still doesn't is, it would is, reduce that I, yeah, I, I sure think, would. I yeah, a lot, and I think it's the same with with maps. I, I think I need to get a little bit stronger on. Okay, we're at a point now. I need you to sign off, especially when I've done. Because the way I work is, I like to get the 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 line work done, kind of first, right down to detail. So we lay out the rough layout, and that rarely does anyone want to change that. And then you get the detailed line work in. And at that point, I can cut and paste and shift things around. And quite often, I've thrown in stuff I've drawn from other maps and changed them. You know, it, it, it's quicker than you think to get a lot of detail down there. Um, but the coloring takes a long time. And, I, you know, I, I put color down and then texture down and then shading and then shadows and then highlight. And all these layers are done one after the other and build up the kind of rich view. Well, moving something when you've got all those layers and shadows on buildings and you know statues self-shadowing themselves and all right. this stuff that i'm trying to make it look right oh that's a nightmare um so what i need to do is i need to have a kind of okay we've got the line work i need you to look at it and i know it's harder to look at because i haven't colored any of it but i need you to just check is this right you can see everything it's going to look just like this but colored um because having to shift even you know oh can you make that bridge um sort of rotate it by 30 degrees Really, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, but um, I've what I've got to do is basically delete all that bit, redraw it, delete all the shadows, delete all the shading, delete all of that, and and that can be quite, you know, because the bridge will put shadows on the buildings next to it, and uh, yes. yeah, that. So that's one of the things I'm learning is I need a, there's a point at which it's very easy for me to make big changes, even, um, but beyond that, I need it to only be very small things. Well, I would say what you could do which may help when you say to review saying any changes I will gladly make, but you'll be paying an hourly rate for it. I could, know. although I, yeah, I could, I've have thought about that. I, I mean, people who want changes late, they're very, you know, like they're often, yeah, I'll, I'll pay extra. Yeah. Uh, that, that would certainly help, but 
I don't really want to do change. <laughs> no, I, but I see, the thing is, if you just say, look it over to make sure it's right. Yeah. They're not going to say, okay, no big deal. But they say, wait a minute. This could, <laughs> yeah, could cost true. me some money. They're going to be more incentivized, I think, to review. I th I think I get too relaxed, and that's that's where I, I've hit that. And then of course you know I don't want I want it to be, it's so important it's right. I don't want someone to be upset or annoyed that something's in the wrong place. It can it can ruin their feeling about a map if oh, oh I didn't realize that was the um uh you know that was the inn. I thought the inn was going to be near the port. Fine, I'll move it. <laughs> I want you to. I really want you to enjoy this. I really want you to be. I don't want you to have a niggly annoyance with it. So um yeah, but you're right. I should have a kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, this, this, right this, is, this is a point, maybe even, you know, this is whatever that point is, is that this is a, you know, point of no return, so to speak. I guess there are opportunities for changes, but because, right, you you don't want to just go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so far, no big, no big, big problems uh, like that. Um, yeah, and it is good fun. And sometimes I, I'm asked to do changes that I think, oh, that's 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 rubbish. That's going to make this map less good. And then I do it and think, oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> I, I quite like it. I wouldn't have thought of that. Or yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, right, I think it, it is amazing. Um, really, what sometimes that 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 collaborate. So I, the first artist I worked with um for cover well actually the first time i hired um uh there's a number of back and forths and uh and but in the end it turned out really good be you know it it was it, it was just um because it's 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 i think as long as you have the person on the other side being you know reasonable and having a at least a clear understanding of what they want i think that can lead to some pretty amazing uh combinations yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and, and it should be that the sum of two people's creativity is, is you know, is more than they would achieve on their own. It, it should be able to like bounce ideas uh, and end up with something really quite inspired. Um, and that's that's when it's really fun. When you feel like I like it when I'm drawing a map that I feel I haven't seen before. Um, uh, like I, I I was I mean that's why one of the reasons I quite enjoyed doing uh cross-section view i hadn't seen a cross-section map out there for for since thinking back to like second edition dnd when i remember seeing some of those right you know with numbered rooms and it they really struck the imagination so i was really excited oh yeah we can get a cross-section on this and i think that's something that people haven't seen for a while um yeah and, i agree i it's i never played second edition but you're right going back to first edition i remember seeing that at times yeah, well, I've got, I I managed to buy when I was playing because I, I, I started doing D&D kind of later on in second edition, but I got hold of a whole load of first edition books, uh, which was great because so much interesting material. And yeah, there were, uh, perhaps that's what I'm thinking of. Certainly, I remember seeing cross-section maps that I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, there's a, um, for some reason, my memories missed me. Dark, uh, the Dark Power was put out by Judges Guild. And I forget the gal's name, Jacay, forget her last name, but she's known for doing some very cool things with maps and multiple ways of getting to the same places. And um, and she did a really cool cross section. We we're actually going down one temple, 
going to the bottom, crossing over, then going up to the top of the next one. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I like that. It, it conveys a lot. Um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's really cool. And, and as we said before, I think you have these details. If you, if you've got the cross section, you can see what, you know, what room is below another room and maybe they did some disastrous spell and knocked a hole in the floor and, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> triggered in, the encounter below, <laughs> which you yeah. never want. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just it. And that's what I think too. It's like, you know, not playing in a three, you can see where the 3d environment going back to his details inspiring, but I think the same thing with 3d environments, it's like, you start seeing flagpoles and this and that, yeah. you know, it's just like all of a sudden you're like, you know, Hey, what if I were to do this or climb the drain to go up to the top of the roof? And you yeah. don't necessarily think about it when you're just seeing a flat, you know, two dimensional well, map. And, but... and the players will, and <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll think of the thing you haven't thought um, for sure. And that, that'll, that'll help them. Yeah. Though one thing I am like, you can take this to an extreme. I do like the simplification you get from, I don't know, kind of maps that aren't trying to look photorealistic. And I do worry about, the, you know, these virtual dungeons that are, um, you know, extraordinarily rich 3D animated environments, but you're constrained in what you can put in there. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I like the game not to be like a computer game. I think that's really important, even if you're playing online. I think it's. I think that's one of the things I like about the maps that still look hand drawn. I think it. There's something quite nice about the fact we can play this game on with just pens, paper, and dice. Um. And yeah, if you've got animated monsters being kind of moved right. towards you, I think. I think that that gives you something, but I think you lose something else. Um. So what they did early on, like Expedition to Barrier Peaks, and a few others, is what they would have is actually pictures of. When you get to certain rooms and you'd show the players. So yeah. it could be what the room looked like. And that's what a friend of mine did at a convention. You know, we were oh, up at the cool, top of the actually. scroll. He showed this is what you see. And then you can look at it and then you can in your mind. So, you know, maybe you don't have to give uh, a full detail of all the of all the buildings, you know, on a street, but if you had somebody just draw a picture of the street, of a street. That's cool. cool. And yeah, that is cool. I I mean, and again, you can do that at a table. It, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be. You know, because obviously you can throw pictures around when you're yeah. online, but um, and I like handouts like Call of Cthulhu. I love making cool handouts. I haven't done it for a while. For Call of Cthulhu, you know, letters and <laughs> and you know, bank statements and whatever else with evidence with lots of red herrings. That is fun. Well, if you're that. looking forward to supplement your income with the the map, you could also try try your hand at at something along those lines. Yeah, well, that I, I would be up for that actually because it's not that hard and um uh and I think that's fun. I put little details in. Um I I was terribly upset. I made some really cool letters for the DD game I was running and the players couldn't read the handwriting I'd used um and then um asked me to translate into text. It's like <laughs> I've just given you a handout, read it or don't read it. <laughs> and, and their reply was comprehend languages on my handwriting. <laughs> Yeah, like, my what? kids my kids need comprehend languages for my handwriting. So like, yeah, this wizard's written to you. She's not gonna have good handwriting. No. It's gonna be doctor's handwriting. Deal with it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, you know, that would be kind of funny. Like, let's say 
here's what I was just thinking, you know, it, it would be funny is it would take a lot of time to do that, but it'd be interesting if you could have create a penmanship and then write a letter in a way that the penmanship could easily cause people to misconstrue. But it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> uh, kind of fun. Um, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, that would be good, actually, isn't it? it is she telling us not to go or is she telling us to go? I can't tell. Very important <laughs> that you take the ink splodge door. Which door? <laughs> do not. Do not get this wrong. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it could be that people who, you know, you know, maybe there are just some people who just don't do well, you know, with, with you know, handwritten communication. You know, it's probably true in life where people are great yeah, talking I, to but it is and and i'm sure wizards would be bad at all forms of communication but uh, <laughs> i think it was like crazy scientists but um yeah actually you could do something where with, with punctuation you know how you have those phrases like the famous one you know panda comes in eats shoots and leaves yeah and, and put the placement of commas completely changes the sentence uh, you could do something like another version of that well, also, I realized um, going uh, just a little bit of time that I was in um, in uh, Northern Ireland is just the, uh, I was called like the idioms and such. They're just a little different. And it's just like, I kind of get what you're getting at, but I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of differences in, 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 the, in the common language. <laughs> yeah. Good. So you could just throw in some weird phrase and people are like, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I spent a summer in America a long time ago um, when I was at university um, working on an amusement park doing um, rubbish but fun jobs. And I learned a lot of uh, I learned a lot of the, the differences. Uh, yeah, the hard way. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally comes in handy. <laughs> I bet that was quite an intense experience. What what city were you in? Um, so was it? Um, the amusement park in um, Ohio, so Cedar Point, and uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was good fun actually. I made some good friends, had some good adventures. It was good. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because most of the people that you know, what I what I was there, of course, they're much older than you were in school, and the the big thing is uh, New York. If you want to go to New York, routes to take uh, drive Route sixty six because the amount of, of space this country is just kind of blows their minds. And then sometimes Florida. So those are like the well, things. I did some of those. To be fair, we flew into to New York, and um, with this work exchange program, we were told not to hang around in New York because we were told there were more jobs elsewhere. Um, and I, so I went to the amusement park. I thought that would be fun, um, but it uh, drove down to Florida afterwards, um, which was good. Did, did one of those things where you can be paid to drive someone else's car because they want it moving at the end of the season. And so this, I can't even remember what car it was. It was, just, it was a group of us, this giant American car. Because, of course, you know, all the cars are bigger there than we see in, in the little British streets. So it was quite fun to drive this thing that to us felt like a tank. Um, uh, you know, road trip from Ohio down to um, down to Florida to drop off this person's car. So a, a funny internet game is... Uh, is I think logically it's not, I mean, it isn't, it's not true, true, but one thing that's funny is usually there's a feeling that 
people in in Florida are crazy. And so if you type in uh, <laughs> if you type in Florida man and a date, you'll get some news report that just is outlandish. Oh wow! Like, like Florida man uh, uses alligator to try and rob a convenience store. <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> I mean that's brilliant. And to tie it back into our um, handouts, crazy um, news stories are perfect for Call of Cthulhu handouts and misdirection to the. If your players are too good, throwing in some weirdness that just happens is the is the best way to just make it a little bit harder for them. Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of that out there. Um, so we've been we've been playing. Did you? Did, so you played it a lot back in the day. Yeah, lot. yeah. No, I, I played. Uh, yeah, Call of Cthulhu back. I think when it was uh, second edition, or I had second edition. Is it what sixth or seventh now? Um, and yeah, I played because I love I love the books. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's great. It's great fun. I liked running it. Um. I wasn't a very good player back then. I was destructive. Um, so it's better that <laughs> I was running the games. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I liked the, yeah, I never played any of the big scenarios, but a lot of the smaller ones, pre pre plenty of them around Arkham, um, we've tried out. So If you're if you're interested, there's a, a variant, uh, we'll call it. It's a different company, but it's called Delta Green. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I don't really know much about it. So it's the idea is like certain things happen. And the real reason, you know, we think the real, the reason is X, but the real reason is Y. And so you're kind of investigators with the government. There's, there's like, there's part of the government that's the American government's trying to research the Cthulian the Cthulhu, stuff, Cthulian stuff. There's another group that's trying to stop them. And so there's this kind of inner turmoil going on, but like really any sort of, you know, major disaster or weird incident could just be tied okay. to, you, you, they figure out some way of tying it to some sort of so it, mythos. Is it more modern era generally? Is it? Yeah. So you, you, and what's kind of interesting is when we played in, uh, for instance, we went to Afghanistan, but, you know, at different time frames, it all fits. Like, it's the same situation where we were military. Uh, um, I think it was, we were playing military um, advisors going to Afghanistan, but it was during the time of the eighties, mm. you know, with Russia. But but it also ties in later on with the nineties uh, or with the the two thousands. Uh, sorry, not nineties. When we were when we were actually you know in Afghanistan, you know, training troops. And, mm. and so it's like. It's kind of weird how some of these historical things, like we're back in the same situation. <laughs> wow, the history repeats itself, doesn't it? Well, that that sounds really good. I'll have to check that out. Um, uh, yeah, that, that does sound. It sounds a bit kind of like X Files meets Cthulhu. Yes, actually, very, very much so. Oh, that would be cool. That could be really cool. And I think the idea is you you could even do the same thing with things around, you know, in in around you know that that you're familiar with. You know, yeah. that same type of idea where, you know, like maybe London, maybe the tunnel was closed for, for five hours. For what reason? And they said, well, it was a water main break. Well, it wasn't a water main break. They were actually something else. And now you're the, the people who have to go investigate. I like it. Uh, that sounds really good. I think, yeah, I think the thing I liked about Cthulhu is it was nice to, to run a game where the players genuinely seem to value, like, history and research skills more than 
you know, gun skills because they knew that when it got to, to, to drawing the gun, they'd already lost. <laughs> but yes, it, you know, that you, you just had to try and outthink it. It's it's good. You're right, because many games, and I think many game, uh, they don't lead to that. They lead for more, I guess, the adrenaline pumping kind of experience of combat. Yeah, and and I think you can do that, but it, um, yeah, it's it's, and it's only only certain kind of players really enjoy that the the role playing and the investigating and the the mystery side of it. Uh, if you're really into those parts, um, with a little bit of action for fun, um. Because uh, I don't think, I personally don't think the system uh, is all that. It, it works, but uh, it, it, the, the, you know, the, the setting is great. Um, and so when you get into combat and you're rolling against your percentage and not much seems to change, it, it, it doesn't feel that exciting. But that's a good job because you're going to die anyway if you're in combat in Cthulhu. Yeah, there's been, there's also, already dead. there's also one called Octung Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. And that's more is that, is that more kind of world cult? war ii oh world war ii and and they've done it both the cthulhu rules they've done savage worlds they did fake core and i think it just came out with the 2d20 system but that one is it is and they got random adventure generators so you can you know Ooh. play out different things out of world war ii i mean so much so much possibility i mean there is a gerps cthulhu that must be the most deadly game in existence of the planet because GURPS is unforgiving. You're one stab wound and you're out. So I shudder to think what, what it's like fighting, you know. Well, it's interesting about old that, ones because you're using, when you use, you know, when you're using more modern history, I think it's much more easy to get like NPCs and such, you know, yeah. especially when they're, we're tied to certain events. So if there's like a Romanian, the one took place, eventually took place a Romanian student. Um, uh, um, they were kind of kind of rebelling against the Nazis that had occupied. Things didn't go well, but I mean, but you know, you could put those people in there and and tell their story in a way that's you know, I think what's kind of is you can tell people stories of actual people and teach ah, history. That's really interesting. I, yeah, and that's that's another level, isn't it? And that's. That's pretty cool, particularly when you're looking at historical events and things to take an angle and, and reflect someone's story or their struggles. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think probably for me more as a as a GM, probably more than the players, but it's like, you know, I was running this one, you know, this one kid and it's like, you know, in real life in a few years he's dead. You know, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, thinking mm. about those types of things like I never really played with real people before, but when you kind of do, it's, it, I mean, with people that, you know, that the history is more, uh, what's the word? it's got more gravity. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, kind of interesting. You don't want to, on one hand, you, you don't want to make it just a, uh, what's what I'm looking for. You, you don't want to downplay or, or make light of the situation. But on the other hand, I think it's a good opportunity to highlight the situation and the people. Yeah. And I think that's that's incredibly challenging. I, the if I do get round to running a Cthulhu game, I, I want it to be in the twenties in New, in Harlem in New York. And the source book Harlem and Unbound uh, is extraordinary um, source book, um, uh, inspiring. But it it covers in great detail how to handle um, racism in the twenties. It gives you different ways that you can 
manage that um, and it's written without saying to ignore this without um, trying to cover up the, the extraordinary life-threatening difficulties at the time and it's just brilliantly uh, and it, I can see that being another layer on the game that I probably wouldn't have thought to put in because I wouldn't have had that perspective but reading that uh, source book covers exactly that doesn't shy away from it it says you're in the 20s in New York this is a thing um, here's how to make your game good and you know fun to play um, um, but, but also not shy away from that that message it's awesome yeah i picked it up at a i haven't read through it read it yet but i picked it up as half price uh, at a bookstore i'm like yes please oh <laughs> so. yeah no i think it's one of the best source books i've i've written read rather than not written um and i want to write uh, uh a little game to run in it um i've got some ideas and of course i want to draw the mats for for my game so it's not going to happen until i've drawn mats of uh you know um various um speakeasies and ballrooms that uh, that I, that I want to cover, but that would be fun. So at some point, you know when I'm close to running that game because you'll see a load of twenties Harlem <laughs> <laughs> maps appearing. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a game called Gangbusters. I don't know if you've heard of that. And it was it's set. Uh... <clears throat> Ooh, I like the cover twenties. No, that looks awesome. Never heard of it. So it's an old game, but the the source book. So it's got a map of what's it's Chicago, but they're not calling it Chicago. And there's a, a guy who did a, a BX revision of the rules, which you can get pretty cheap. So if you're wanting to do some of that, there's also um, as for, I mean, for source work. Not enough time, is there? That that is that. I might have to see if I can hunt that out. That looks awesome. Well, um, I think even if you just pick up. Off the, um, I'm. I think it's. You probably pick the PDFs. PDFs up cheap, and mm. if nothing else, just as a source. Source material. Yeah, uh, that that would be that would be great. Um, I'll check that out. But yeah, so at some point, that's another one, another little game. I'm not running any games at the moment, but that's another little game I want to run when I'm not. I need to make some space in my map drawing to draw some maps for me. <laughs> Oh, I see. Right, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's all these interesting projects coming along, and I'm doing those. And I'm like, uh, but, I mean, there's, yeah, I've got quite a few maps I'd like to draw from Harlem in the 20s um, that haven't been drawn. That'd be cool. There, um, yeah, there's some famous, there's a famous ballroom, um, and there's maps online sketching out how it would have looked. And I think that would be quite a cool place to center a cooler Cthulhu. Um, so you plan but, on selling these maps later? I'm just happy to draw them if someone decides. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not much into marketing. I, I, if I wrote a scenario and it played well and the maps were good, I might think of get working with someone to to package it up into something useful. But I'd be completely happy if I ran a game, everyone loved it, and I throw the maps out there and people uh, are able to use those maps. Um, uh, and it probably would generate me some more commissions, which I'm not short of anyway. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. But it's like it's finding time. But it'd be cool. I mean, so the yeah, this ballroom, the Savoy ballroom, um, uh, was a legendary ballroom for um, uh, black dancers mostly. But there were some white people went to dance as well. 
in the uh, late twenties. Um, and uh, I think it would be a superb, a really interesting twenties map if you could centre a, a Call of Cthulhu game around that place. And, it, yeah. and it's not mapped. I mean, you know, there's like the sketches um, uh, online and, you know, old handouts of seat pla seating plans, but a really nice role-playing detailed map of that would be a, a really cool historical addition to, um, yeah, to Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. And, I, and definitely since so, so much of that material does kind of uh, seem to center around that time period. Sorry, I've just heard something moving here. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, it's slightly worrying. We I live in a very old house, like hundreds of years old, and um, uh, someone's moved into the loft. I don't know, don't know if it's a squirrel or mice. Oh. And I'm like... Uh, that's the trouble with very old houses. You can't block up all of the um, uh, all of the entrances, um, but it'll be fine. We've got a cat. Cat, do your job. <laughs> <laughs> you only have one job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pay you all this cat food. What are you doing? Yeah, it's uh, it's um, it is kind of interesting with those older houses, uh, and I think what it, it's kind of also interesting. I see my Belfast where I was at. Most of it was newer, but. I think when you go on to, you know, probably to, to the um, England side of things, it's just, you know, for us, hundred. I think somebody said something like, in Europe, um, two hundred miles is a long distance, uh, but America, two hundred years is a long time. Yeah, that's. I like that. That that uh, that is true. Well, I mean, it, this house is yeah, three or four hundred years old, and it used to be a forge. And at some point, I should draw a map of it as well and use it as a D and D forge and cottage. But... Oh, really? Yeah, it used to be a forge. It's not anymore, obviously. It's long ago, people stopped forging things. But oh, they still forge. It's just uh, it just the hammers are are the size of they're huge. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have a forge per village. No, um, no. Whereas, and yeah, it's cool in the garden. You're sort of doing gardening and you'll end up digging up a um a horseshoe or something so <laughs> it's cool so was this was this strictly so this forge so it wasn't so do you know if they were using like was it like an automator or bigger forge or was it just somebody no no no. i think it was i, I, mean, I think it stopped being a forge 100 years ago and i think um it was yeah making horseshoes and you know bits of plows and probably not weapons probably just yeah. tools for farmers in, in in the village for hundreds of years and then people didn't need that because they had factories and it stops making those things and becomes a residence well like nails used to be the same way they used yeah. to hammer those out. Right, exactly. Yeah, found loads. I've got a handful of presumably old nails, almost rusted away, that I've found in the ground while trying to weed the vegetable patch. <laughs> I, I have a friend who uh, who uh, is, you have these interesting friends just involved in a lot of things. So he, he bought an old, he, he was very much into Civil War and artifacts and and he bought an old home and he, he um, so the outhouse, there used to be an outhouse, you know, it hadn't been used in you know, decades. 
but he excavated that hoping to find like they would throw things away there hoping to find some artifacts of note but he didn't really find a whole lot well i kind of get it though it's a bit like a DD game you know the fun of like will you find something will you discover the 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 big treasure i get it yeah 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 so uh but he 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 tried to treat like an archaeological dig he you know sectioned it off and just did layer by layer by layer so yeah, why not? I had a friend who discovered that um she had a um basement she didn't know about. That's the coldest thing. Like to knock through and suddenly realize, oh, there's a whole room down here. I mean it was apparently moldy and wet and awful, but I don't know. It's like mini dungeon crawl. Right, you gotta come uh, up with why is that here and why is it not connected to the house? Well, like just occasionally there's something really interesting, isn't there? I mean, there was, you know, it, it was quite late on someone found in a basement, a connection, a series of, of you know, underground um, caverns and rooms um, that have been there for hundreds of years. Um, I can't remember which city it was. It's somewhere, might be Turkey, but anyway, uh, it happened. Yeah, well, they would tend to, if I recall correctly, then they used to just, like, cities would get torn down from war, and then they would just build yeah. on top of it. So it just would be layer after layers, actually, different people building different layers of cities. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. See, there you are. More plot stuff for <clears throat> all of the games. More yeah. mystery. Yeah, actually, right. And, I, and that's the other thing I, I kind of would like to have done. I never did do is get more into. Um, so I kind of enjoy the Hyperborean. I you know, not really play like Conan. It's kind of the. Oh, cool. But, but I mean, if you look at just like real world places. And if you do like a low magic setting, there is some really neat, neat, neat places of that people have made, whether it's, you know, in, in Southeast Asia where they've carved a temple out of this rock. It's like, like, how did you do that? Or, you know, people building walled buildings along the sides of a cliff. Yeah. On the cliff. It's just like, that's crazy. It is crazy. And yeah, no, and, uh, amazing places. And I, I'm, I love to find um, digitally find these places because they're always um, uh, such awesome inspiration for for the maps you're drawing. I, with, with you know future maps, upcoming maps, I'd like to push away from the architecture that we're used to seeing in the maps, and you know finding sources of imagery from elsewhere in the world where they built things differently. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's. You, but I mean, imagine the architecture we're used to. It, it's kind of interesting because I I, I think D and D created its own genre. Yeah. And, and it's like, for instance, doing a post-apocalyptic game. I just did a a random dungeon generator, small one for what I want to do. But but that doesn't look like. And what I'm going to do is probably just have you know it actually redone. But you know, but. It's kind of what we want to see, but real maps of places don't look like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, but, and and it doesn't matter for a lot of games. And, no, it, you know... it, it, it doesn't. But it's just. But I'm just saying. It's like. But but we but we've done is we've taken that as kind of been the 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 touch point, and everything projects from that point on, and we don't question it. Yeah. No. And and actually, a lot of the time, you don't want the map to be that realistic 
like because right. it's like it's often a caricature of, of, of you know the, the the dungeon or the village or the country it's often a caricature of something that would be real the city maps are a good example they're rarely as big as they need to be it, it's a condensed uh, cartoon of of a version of the city i don't know if you've played any of the um grand theft auto games no. but their cities well i mean their their cities are, are uh, are inspiring what they've done but they're really clever they are a, uh, a cartoon version of the real city that they're mimicking in that they'll have like one road with a ending that, that represents the whole of the suburban <laughs> miles and miles of a real city and they've condensed it down and, and I, I find that's what you end up doing uh, with maps you end up kind of representing in a small a kind of mini version of things because the real map would sprawl and not be as interesting to look at it it it, it you know what i think could... too is is not just even interesting to look at it's like functionality wise it it may not be fun yeah i mean you don't want to have miles and miles of suburbs you only need one bit to have the suburb encounter and and you know whatever you've got and so i definitely i, I definitely recognize this this idea of it's not just about realism it's about what do you actually want to use it for you want to have locations that are different enough and that you've got some geography in between and details that, that express some character. Do you really need the right number of houses and streets and right. square miles of urban area to be realistic? Probably not. Well, it's kind of interesting. We even with with role playing games and with mechanics, uh, some people, you know, will criticize a game for being, um, you know, maybe uh, not realistic or um, or maybe even um, they call it like power fantasy, mm. but without really realizing that you know what game really is realistic, and, and what game really isn't a power fantasy. <laughs> no, no, I mean you're right. That uh, <laughs> uh, 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 none of them are realistic. And anyway, how can they be realistic? You've got a, a games master choosing what happens. You know, it, it, yeah. it's it's a story. I don't think they all have to be power fantasies, though. No, but I, I, it really was somebody from uh, like first edition D and D complaining about fifth edition D and D. It's just a power fantasy. But I'm like, well, yeah. I think when you go to against the, you play those modules like against the giants, and you're fighting giants, <laughs> you're engaging in a power fantasy. Yeah, fair play, and and that is what that's about. Um, but uh, you know, there are other games that are not. And I, I, I again, Cthulhu. I mean, if you're if you're trying to become powerful, you're the big bad. Yeah, um, and I I do agree, and I, I was kind of overgeneralized, but even there, you're still probably a better person than you are in real life. True, like you, pro you probably are. And you can you can end the world. You can you can do some crazy stuff. Uh, my end, my, my we're playing in a Call of Cthulhu game. My son and I with his friend, and his dad. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, so we 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 uh, summoned um, haunting horror. So. We knew this person. We had to go take care of it. I think, why are we doing this? We got the spell. We never done spells before, and uh, <laughs> my son pulled it off. I don't know how, which end up like fixing everything. We like it. We did, it took care of everything, but he lost. Um, he had to roll a d10 for sanity, sanity. loss. Yeah, yeah, sanity loss. He, he rolled a ten, and he had to roll a d20. And he rolled a 20, so he lost 30 points of sanity right then and there. 
And that's that's spellcasting for you. See, yeah, you can't. That's what I mean. If you try and be powerful in Cthulhu, you're the big bad before you know it. You're mad and bad. <laughs> and bringing about the end of the world for good yeah. reasons. But I, but I think, again, because somebody's talking about simulation, it's just where is the fun? What What is it that you're trying to do? You know, if, yeah. If, if you if if your if your game is about privation and struggle, then you want you then every ration counts. If mm. all you're really wanting to do is just you know kill some dragons, then why are you counting arrows and in rations? <laughs> I don't know, because in the game I was just playing in, um, the GM was counting arrows a little bit, so the archer spent every second of downtime making arrows until we had a boat of arrows and <laughs> do the like, thing is you driving behavior with your action yeah exactly unintended <laughs> consequences <laughs> and it's like now we need bags of holding and <laughs> for all those something, arrows <laughs> something to stop the arrows piercing the bag inside because we don't want to go looking for them on the astral plane because that's not fun either. <laughs> Can we just go on with killing things? Yeah, it's uh, there's there's also different games that have done different had different ways of handling inventory, trying to make it a little more fun. Or I think most GMs just don't pay attention. It's just yeah, I don't think it's worth paying attention. I think it would. It, it, Again, if you're doing a survival horror, whatever, yes, uh, you know, then then yeah, that's that's interesting because then you give the players the chance to win by being creative and saving resources. But yeah, not in your. It just doesn't come into the heroic action <laughs> films, does it? Oh, I've run out of arrows. Yeah, you don't read stories about them carrying, you know, uh, horses laden with arrows and with spears and extra shields and. And each fighter carrying all it's like no, they 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 traveled, you know, reasonably light and you can reuse the arrows or what whatnot, but uh it's just uh it is it is funny. And 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 sometimes you can, you know, end up including some realism and it breaks everything. I, I heard a, a friend told me about a game that he played in where it was in Middle Earth and you know they they they'd I don't know gone to some dungeon or defeated something and then the treasure room the big treasure that they were after was behind a massive mithril door how are they going to get through this mithril door that's you know impenetrable well they managed to get the door off the hinges they didn't even look at the treasure they just carted the door off and wrecked the local economy because it turned out the door was worth more <laughs> yeah. than anything. The, the GM's like, ah, what have I done? <laughs> and they, yeah, they made a point of not even going into the treasure room because they just yeah, thought exactly. there cannot nothing possibly could be, worth more be than anything. <laughs> yep. <was> like, oops. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It is funny, and I think the thing is, I had a friend who uh, Ralph. He said he they they like killed a dragon. Players did, but then they had to figure out ways of you know getting the loot out of there, which required hiring servants and mule trains, and and I mean, it it turned into a logistical nightmare, wrecking the economy along the way. And in the end, they're like worse off than they started. Is, is that fun? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Like, I think I think they they particularly did, but not every table would. But yeah. no, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can see that not being fun. Because <laughs> I mean, like, cause like Traveler, you with Traveler, um, which is a science fiction RPG. Yeah, 
you can you can play a game that's strictly economics. You can be buying and selling, and that'd be the entire game if you wanted. Yeah, I think that could be fun if oh, yeah. if, if that was what. Yeah, if that was what you were set up to to be trying to do, and if you're into role playing and deals, um, but the the game would have to be for that. I think yeah, I'd, and, I'd quite and, like that. And you get a spreadsheet going, and uh, <laughs> and the. <laughs> And then no, and and but you get the right people. That is a lot of fun. And then then when whenever you land in port, that's where whatever nonsense takes place. Uh, you know, the the liven things up. Yeah, today sometimes throwing a challenge like that at, at the players can be cool if they're not expecting it. I had quite a nice encounter in the game I was running where they they turn up late. I mean, they could have got there in time, but they weren't. They messed around, and so they turn up late to the village that they should have been protecting, and. The village has been decimated by an attack and there's all these people that are injured and instead of just being like okay you spend a few spells and people are healed they um they worked out they didn't have enough resources to heal everyone and so they got into a whole triaging and organizing the wounded and 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 repairing the village and they loved it they were all over it they felt like complete heroes and so you know i had it laid out like kind of the just just figuring out who was on death's door and who needed the healing the limited healing they had was part of the challenge and it, and it was there was some energy to it because they had only minutes before some people were going to be dying and you know depending on their injuries so getting organized and not laying on hands the first um sprained ankle they found um well yeah. I, th- I think if you could take whatever there if you kept good notes you might have a board game there yeah maybe maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Orc attack triage. <laughs> well, it's that probably too much, unlike uh, you know the uh, uh, um, pandemic. But the idea is right. You're, yeah. you're trying to save yeah. as many people at the end. Yeah, and then who do you save? Do you save the you know the the guard so he can defend against the next attack, or do you save the um, you know the herbalist? Who, who you know? How do you make these decisions? It's good. It's good. Good. Good fun uh, throwing that challenge. It's like you, f- you have. 200 people half of them are unconscious a quarter of them are already dead what do you do <laughs> there's a if you're familiar with the tv show mash yeah mash somebody came up i think with an rpg that is mash themed work i think mash. God, there's a there's a role-playing game for everything isn't there yeah they use the powered by the apocalypse uh yeah it's mash okay. role-playing game i think yeah. I don't know how good it is. I don't know if it even got released, but uh I think it would be as good as the uh the group of players you had if they were into it. Well, I think what it does is it probably uh condenses some of the uh of the details. Yeah, if you could if if the players were into the satire, that could be quite cool, the kind of craziness of of war and the stupidity of some of the things that they had to do and um, if they're into it, a bit like kind of um paranoia which i liked but no one else i played with liked um if you get the humor yeah i've never played oh i i played once but i think there's like three or four different le- types of way people play paranoia yeah i've only played it once i've never run it um so some people some i think originally it was pretty straight as far as just like, not I mean, just like serious, like and so then only the only the GM's laughing. 
Yeah, or exactly. The director, then, or what is it? Or the central computer, whatever it's called in. <laughs> yeah, but then you have the other extreme where it's just like where I played at a uh, at a place where they had like bottles of juice and different things, and you're they would give hand props and you know your your oh definitely. I mean, if you read the scenarios <laughs> where you you know players are trying to cover up the fact that all of the food they're eating is reprocessed criminals, and you know, <laughs> like yeah, you'd have to be into it. I think. Um, but I think there's another mode that's like in between. Uh, the one that's just absolute, you know, cuckoo. And the other one that's just pretty much like this is dystopian society. And and we're just, it's kind of like, I've not seen the life of Brian, but I mentioned it's just like, the, well, I mean, I have seen life, Brian. It's more like the life of Brian, which is like, this is just a, you know, a, a commentary uh, to, to just full blown, just, you know, bonkers. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's another one where you, if you dropped some players in who want, to be powerful and all of them are just only going to be happy if, if their characters increase in power which is a completely valid way of wanting to play it is not going to work but if you have some that are enjoying the satire and stupidity of it and trying to solve a puzzle where it's impossible <laughs> it, 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 yeah <laughs> you're not allowed in this zone this is a green zone you do not have green access pass. how do i get green access pass you have to go into the green zone to request it <laughs> help me <laughs> yeah it's a little too much like real life <laughs> but yeah i was gonna say it sounds a bit like the day job but um <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah uh it could be could be fun uh yeah, I and I think you're right. Just like anything, it's just getting the right the right players. I really think nothing else really matters. System, game, uh, setting doesn't matter. It's just the players and the GM. That's all that really matters. Yeah, yeah, that's that for sure. Uh, it's hundred percent true. Yeah, so I just I've played games I that I I've not liked the system at all, but I just had such a good time. It didn't really matter. Yeah. So yeah, only the players and the map matter. And the Nothing map, else. yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 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 again, you are. Uh, yes, we're getting kind of hitting close to the uh, end of this uh, edge of the space time continuum here. Yeah. I, so commission wise, you are open for commissions. Um, people should contact me. I have uh, ended up with quite a backlog at the moment, so I don't think I've really got any space till next year. Um, okay. but people should chat to me and we'll see if there's if there's a good overlap i'm not so much like just putting people in a queue i'm looking for things where i think oh yeah i could really do that well and i'm into that and so let's have a chat um and figure out if it if the overlap's awesome uh, that makes sense because you're in a position now where you can just say because you're looking for things to inspire you've got enough work you're just saying what well, things yeah. can push and inspire that you find satisfaction out of and, and I want actually, I want with most of the maps to be pushing something forward. So doing something new or different. I don't just want to keep churning out the same kind of map. Right. Um, we've we've done, I, we, you've done poo already. So no more uh, poo commissions. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's more things I could do with a, a poo dungeon. I mean, anyone who can come to me with a more bizarre, um, that's the challenge to anyone who's listening. I, come to me with a more bizarre request than, um, than a poo dungeon. And there've been some up there, um, so but, yeah. But, but I'm at the pinnacle. I never even really. I don't know. I think you'll be jostling for first place with um, the reasons that made me put a rowing boat in a library, in a map. <laughs> but anyway, 
Yeah, it was, uh, there was a person who was originally going to do art for this a while back. Um, and uh, it just didn't work out. But we had some discussions going back and forth about the details of these these creatures feeding the the king that's laying there, you know, in a state of tuper. And going through the gory, nasty details. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this discussion with another person. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's but good. Anyway. You need you, you need to have that conversation somewhere in public so people can only get half of it. Like <laughs> you're you're missing an opportunity for just completely confusing people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, anyway, uh, Chloe, thank you very much. The the maps are great. Uh, Kickstarter's uh, ending soon, and uh, it really helped. Uh, really helped the book. I think. I think it definitely. Good. Well, um, I, I, yeah, it was a, it was super fun to do, and um, I, yeah. I hope it's all successful and, and the reason I wanted another person to do the map besides I can't do a map <laughs> is is I asked you for I think some extra stuff just to throw in and that caused me to write more things. I I I I love it when writers are inspired um and you know go on to write parts of because of random details I've put in really just to fill in blank bits of the map. Yeah, so the bit where this creature has this ability to manipulate flesh and keeps pools of bodies for using as uh, either for entertainment to talk to or use their body parts to make them individual living organisms. Um, that was because you left space. Oh, that's that's awesome. Gross and wonderful. Yes. And <laughs> that's what you want. It's good. Yes. So anyway. I love well, it. well, thanks for, for talking with me and then hopefully... Uh, droves of people will, will come your way with very interesting commissions that you'll have to think hard and long and i hope so <laughs> yeah no definitely the more interesting the better or, or perhaps you don't think it's interesting and i have an interesting idea of what to do with it um because there's some styles of map i want to draw that i haven't done yet so yeah well do you want to throw any of that out there yeah no i'm, I'm interested in I'm, there's a lot of really really interesting older maps uh, and the styles of those, and particularly um, looking at the Far East, some of the old Chinese and Japanese uh, maps from you know 600 years ago, kind of trying to copy their woodcut style, but the particular yeah. colors, I think that could look really interesting, like like nothing we've seen um, for, um, for fantasy maps. That would be cool. So that's yeah. one that's high up on my agenda. Um, yeah. All right. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody listening is has got a need, like, or it'll spark, yeah. a, spark an imagination, and they'll say, "I need to write something for that, just so I can have one of those maps." <laughs> cool. Let's do it. All right. Well, thanks again. All right. Nice to speak to you. Bye. Bye.